0: Lord, we come to you today, and Lord, we thank you for our the women that you have blessed us with in our church, moms and grandmas and many others who serve the Lord in so many different capacities, so many different ways. Lord, we have seen this morning of playing the guitar and singing and playing the keyboard. We see that in the later services and also ladies using their talents to serve the Lord. Some teach Bible studies. Many go out on Saturdays and share the gospel. We see others who are praying and leading in prayer, and leading in the Chief Joe Ministries, and leading in the Jefferson Ministries, and leading in children's ministries, and leading in children's worship, and leading in women's ministries, and leading in a heart for missions, and even leading in missions as we will have missionaries later on in the latter services today in attendance, and some who are praying diligently for their families, diligently for their children to be saved, diligently for their husbands to be saved, so many different ways in which our women serve. And so, Lord, we thank you for godly, faithful women, even like Timothy's mom and grandmother, having such an incredible impact and influence in the church and in the world, for Christ. And so, Lord, I pray for all of our women today, those who are moms and grandmas. We are thankful for them and for the influence that they have poured into our lives. Lord, we thank you for those who are who, for whatever reason, aren't moms and even today are grieved in one way or another. And Lord, we pray for your comfort and strength for them. Lord, we also remember those who in the last year or two, even as we weren't able to gather, at least in this way last year on Mother's Day, Lord, we do remember those who have lost their mom in the last year or maybe even years or decades ago, and today even continues to bring pain in their hearts as they remember. But Lord, I pray that you would help us as a people in a culture that is trying to erase femininity. Lord, I pray that you would help us to honor and uphold godly, faithful femininity and what all that means and how you have created us as human beings, male and female. Help us, Lord, to stand up for righteousness and truth and honor in this day. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, go ahead and grab a Bible and open it with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, or 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, and reading through verse 3, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. In fact, we will go ahead and read through verse 4. Here at the end of the book of Ephesians, Paul is unpacking the implications of the gospel. In chapters 1 through 3, he gives us the gospel message in all of its power. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He begins his letter, and he impacts every spiritual blessing, and he talks about the blessing of election, the blessing of adoption, the blessing of transformation by the Holy Spirit, sealing by the Holy Spirit, and the good news that Jesus Christ is our righteousness and redemption. That is chapters 1 through 3, and then in, beginning in chapters 4, working through chapters 6, chapters 4 through 6, he impacts the implications of the gospel. The implications of the gospel in the church, in our lives individually, in our battle against sin, in our marriages. And here in chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, he unpacks the implications of the gospel for our families. And so let's go ahead and read what Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 3. Children, obey your parents In the Lord, because this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we thank you for your great grace and blessings in our lives. Lord, I do pray that today as we unpack these words, we realize that they are a countercultural message. This is a countercultural word today where children so often are divorced from their parents and set so-called free but truly in bondage to do whatever they're Sinful hearts tells them to do, but Lord, we know that that does not produce real freedom and righteousness. That, that, just, that just produces bondage in our lives. So Lord, I do lift our church up, and I do lift our families up today, and I do lift up our moms today. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to teach the next generation what it means to live under authority, under the authority of specifically in this passage the authority of our parents. Teach us what it means to honor our fathers and our mothers, especially today when we set aside to celebrate our moms. Lord, speak to us now and encourage us from your word to stand for truth and righteousness as a countercultural kingdom. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was thinking over this particular day and Mother's Day and this particular passage this week, I was amazed to really understand just how countercultural this message is. Obey your parents. In today's world, that doesn't fly very well because we live in a world where the political system and the educational system and the entertainment system and also social media system and the internet is full of if you don't agree with your parents on x philosophy then you should rebel against authority you should go your own way you should do your own thing you should hide it from them and there are systems and structures in place that can Empower a whole generation to hide from, increasingly so, from their parents. And yet, here in this passage, we see this text that speaks specifically to children in the Lord. Children being raised in Christian families and children in general. The call of God on our lives as parents is to teach our children to obey. The call of God in the life of children, the lives of children, is to obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. It's the right thing. It's the thing that we should do in the Lord. I know that probably in this room, not terribly controversial or not terribly groundbreaking, but if you were to get this out into the community, which we're doing right now on the Internet, if we were to get this out into the culture and out into the community, this will indeed fall on ears that it will not resonate with their hearts. You be you. No matter what the authority tells you, so the culture says. And that, my friends, is the way to destruction. Because what you do with your family, the authority that you can see, the God-given authority in your life will impact the authority that you can't see. When you are training your children to obey their parents in the Lord, what you are doing in their lives is a sort of a training wheel, is a sort of a boot camp, so to speak, of how to respond to higher authorities, greater authorities in their lives. Ultimately, how they respond to their parents will reflect how they will respond ultimately to God and to His authority in their lives. And so we as Christian parents, it's incumbent upon us to teach our children how to obey and ultimately to obey the Lord. And so what I want to do today is I want to unpack this, unpack this passage and talk about honoring your mother. Honor your mother. Number one is this, teach your children to obey their parents teach your children to obey their parents. And as a church culture, one of the realities that we want to stand firm on as we do children's ministry and as we teach the next generation of students is that we train them and we teach them to obey their parents. Paul begins this passage by calling on Christian parents, on children specifically, but by implication, Christian parents to teach them to obey their parents. It's the command to obey. Look back in chapter 5, verse 21. He's just unpacking one of the implications of that particular word there. It says they're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ or submitting to one another out of fear for Christ. The way this works out in your children and in your teen years is you are to obey your parents. That is the outflow of this heart of submitting out of one another for reverence to Christ's children. You are to submit to your parents. Now, there's a reason why Paul has to write this, is because the Bible says that we all inherit a sinful nature. Another countercultural phrase. <laughs> That we inherit a sinful nature born from Adam's race, born as a part of Adam's race. We are all born sinners. It does not take us long to show that effects in our lives, the rebelliousness of our souls. In fact, one of the first words so many of us learn after we learn the word mama is no. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I'm not going to. Followed, maybe Dada, (laughs) followed by mine. (laughs) No. And so you see this outgrowth in our lives, even from the youngest ages, this rebellious spirit. We know that there are several evil influences in a child's life that regularly calls them away and against this particular command, calls them towards disobedience. Some of the things that we see in a child's life, evil influences in a child's life that will regularly tempt them towards disobedience. One of them is the evil world that we live in. The evil world that we live in. It's not news to you that the whole society that we live in today is hostile to the very truth of God. Is hostile to everything that this passage is all about, teaching children to oh, rebel against their parents' authority. And the Bible predicted that such a time would come in the end times. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says this But mark this there will be terrible times in the last days. Amen? <laughs> there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, and what? Disobedient to parents. One of the attributes or one of the effects or one of the symptoms of the last day will be this increasing rebellion, this increasing disobedience to parents in a world where we're called to honor and obey our fathers and our mothers. There's an evil world that we live in. Causing and calling people to rebellion, a generation to rebellion. Not only do we have that influence of the evil world that we live in, but secondly, we also have the curse of sin on the insides. There's the curse of sin on the inside. The world is pressuring our kids to conform to ungodliness, but their own depravity causes them to be prone to rebellion as well. The sinful nature does not take long to express itself in the lives of children. And we're all that way. Romans 3.23 says it like this. We are all sinners and we have fallen short of the glory of God. That is across the human race, across cultures. All of us are born as sinners. It does not take long for children to know how to disobey. It's Ingrained in our nature as fallen creatures. I was reminded this week of the story of a mother who is preparing pancakes for her children named Kevin and Ryan. The boys started to argue over who would get the first pancake. Mine! Me first! <laughs> Mom saw this as a teachable moment, and she solemnly said to them, Boys, if Jesus were here, he would say, Let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. And Kevin turned to his younger brother. He said, Okay, you be Jesus. <laughs> and so, and we've all been there and done that. Oh, yes. I love the concept of Sharing you start. (laughs) It does not take long. But you know, our children have a sinful nature. But moms and dads, let's be real. We do too. And we need Jesus. One of the things that parenting will teach you is that you need Jesus every day. (laughs) You need Jesus every moment of every day. Of course, I know it doesn't take parenting to teach you that, just live in the culture that we live in, and you need Jesus every day. But one of the things I'm reminded of as I am called as a father to pour into and raise up the next generation is that I need him every day. And let's just be real. Sometimes as parents, we are irritable, we are selfish, we are prideful, and we are unloving as expressions of indwelling sin and the sinful nature in our own lives. So we are sinners seeking to raise up sinners in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Paul says in verse 4 of Ephesians 6, and so we desperately need Jesus. We desperately need the Holy Spirit in this situation. We have the evil world we live in. We have the curse of sin on the inside. And then thirdly, we also have our own inexperience that makes them vulnerable. So we have the inexperience of our children and we have the inexperience of us as parents. We have children who have not grown up yet. They have ignorance or immaturity that causes them and causes them to make bad decisions. Even at the youngest ages, we know even from anatomy that certain areas of their brain are not developed at the youngest ages, even into their 20s, not quite developed fully until about the mid-20s range when that area of the brain of decision-making fully and completely develops over time. We see that physically, we see that spiritually, we see that emotionally in our children. But not only do we see that in children, but we as parents... This is the first time we're doing this as well. <laughs> I remember the first time I was given my daughter. And it was about uh, three or four days after she was born, the first time I got to hold her, because the first three or four days she was in ICU, NICU. And I remember the time came to, uh, to change her diaper. <laughs> and I looked at Mandy and I said... I have never done this in my life. <laughs> and so, as a good scientist would do, I said, I need a model. I need, a, I need something to practice on. So I got out this teddy bear that was given to us in the hospital. <laughs> and I practiced on it. Okay, this seems easy, but you know what? I found out the teddy bear doesn't move. <laughs> And so and so, as a dad, even from the very simplest things at the very beginning stages of life, you have this child that is moving and doing things that they don't do in the practice sessions, and it's like, "Ah, oh, how do I, oh, how do I deal with this? What do I do with this?" And then then they continue to grow and, and, and I never took a course on on how do you teach how to play. I mean, I played baseball, but how do you teach somebody to do that? how do you teach somebody to serve the Lord? How do you teach somebody? All of these realities that we face as parents. How do you parent a teenager? I'm talking to many of my friends that are, how do you parent a young adult? How do you, When that interaction starts to take place, and that's another thing that we are inexperienced in in our lives, and many of you are parents of adult children, and what does that relationship look like? Our, their inexperience coupled with our inexperience, coupled with the sinful nature, coupled with the evil world that we live in. Can you see why you need Jesus? Can you see why Ephesians chapters one through three is so precious to us? That the God who knows that we can't do this on our own didn't leave us on our own to try to figure all of this out, but he came And he gave himself as a ransom for many, paying for our sins on the cross, giving us his Holy Spirit to empower us to do the absolutely impossible, and that's to raise the next generation for Christ. Yes, we can't do it on our own, but through Christ we can. The word obey here is a very simple and graphic term in verse 1. In the original language, it means simply to hear under authority. To hear under authority. Children, hear your parents under their authority, seeking to obey them. T- parents, teach your children to obey. Proverbs 13.1 says, A wise son hears his father's instruction. You know, children the, and students, the best gift that you can give to your parents is to obey them. It's not a Mother's Day card, although that would be a good thing. It's not a flower, although that would be a good thing. It's the day-to-day heart of submission and obedience in the Lord. For this is right. One of the greatest examples of this is in the life of Jesus. We look at the life of Jesus, even from the youngest ages, and we know He was submissive to His parents. We see that illustrated and when he was 12 years old in the temple. But even beyond then, we see the heart of Jesus constantly seeking to do his Father's will. As an example for us and how we should respond to our parents as well. Children, obey your parents. Why? Why should you do this? I don't think that's an out-of-the-bounds question. Why should you obey your parents? I remember asking my mom that when I was a kid, why should I obey? And she said, because I said so, right? (laughs) I vowed that day, I would never say that. I've learned I'm not a prophet, (laughs) at least in that sense. But this passage doesn't leave us to guess about why we should obey the Lord. In fact, he gives us two reasons why children obey your parents. Two reasons why you should obey your parents. Letter A, obedience is Jesus' will for a child's life. You want to know God's will for your life? So oftentimes at the youngest ages, and especially when you get into your teenage years, one of the echoes of your soul, one of those questions that echoes in your heart on your pillow at night is, God, what is my will? What is your will for my life? And the Bible doesn't leave it to guess. What is God's will for your life? God's will for your life in this season of your life is obey your parents. Your heart is to obey the Lord. He says there in verse One, he says, obey your parents, reason one, in the Lord. It is the Lord's will for your life. I think the New Living Translation actually gives us some help here on this verse. It says, it translates it to the following. Verse one says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Children, obey your parents because you're ultimate allegiance is to the Lord who has instructed you to obey your parents. And so obedience is God's will, is Christ's will for your life. That's reason number one. Reason number two for obeying your parents is this, the God of truth defines obedience as right. The God of truth Defines obedience as what is the right thing for you to do. Right is not defined by our culture. Right is not defined by what we feel at the moment. Truth is a fundamental reality that existed before the world began because truth is a person, Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And when he speaks truth to us through his word, he is showing us the difference between right and wrong, the eternal things, the eternal difference difference between right and wrong and one of those realities that he declares to us is that obedience to parents is right it's truth the one who made you the one who loves you and the one who died for you declares to you obey your parents in the lord number two Not only should we teach our children to obey their parents and the Lord, but we should teach our children to honor their parents. Teach our children to honor their parents. Obeying your parents has to do with action. Honoring your parents has more to do with attitude, but also includes action. Honor is more attitude, obedience is more action, although there is some overlap in both of those. Obeying your parents is something that you do when you're under your parents' authority. But in many of our lives, Ephesians 5, chapter 31 is going to happen. Look at Ephesians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 31. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, cleave unto his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So right there, it says that there is coming a day in most people's lives, many people's lives, when they will leave father and mother and cleave fast unto their own wife, unto their own husband, man and wife woman, man, and wife. Right there, we see that at that moment of marriage, there is now a transfer of allegiance. There is now a transfer of authority in your life. So one of the things that I always tell young people when I'm counseling them in marriage counseling, when you get married now, mama no longer calls the shots, (laughs) You have to go and lead. I'm talking to the husband. You have to go and lead where the Lord is leading you to go. Now, the influence of your mom continues on in your life through her upbringing. But when there is a conflict between your wife and your mom, you go with your wife. You go with the, well, you go with the Lord first, but then you go with your wife. And that's where I see so many, so many marriages, by the way, and aside, so many marriages struggle when they don't leave and cleave. Leave your mom and dad and cleave fast unto your wife and to your husband. When that moment happens in your life, when you've established your own home, cleaving to your spouse, the command to obey your parents sometimes comes into conflict with the direction that God set for your own home at that point. Then you lead in that moment. But the command to honor is universal and extends throughout your entire life. Our call in our lives as Christians, even after we get married, is to honor our father and mother throughout our lifetime to honor our parents. I learned early on that I must honor my father and my mother. I remember when I was a teenager, we were I was out in the garage one time and I was uh, doing some woodworking with my mom. My mom is by far a better woodworker than I will ever be. <laughs> She has that hobby. It's an incredible hobby. She, her, she can't even put her car, barely put her car in her garage because of all of this woodworking stuff that she has. She's incredible about the things that she can make. She actually built our children's uh, crib that they, uh, or bassinet that they had when they were next to our bed when they were really little. Pretty fascinating. But I remember I was working with her, and uh, I was build, we were building some bunk beds. And I was not very good at this, I've never been very good at these things, but uh, she was trying to teach me and train me, and I thought at that moment that I knew better than she did about woodworking. (laughs) That's the most ridiculous thing ever. But I thought as a 14-year-old that I knew it all. And in the middle of that project, I told my mom what I thought, and I did it with a word that Christians should never use. And do you know what my next feeling was? It was the feeling of an open hand across my face. <laughs> Don't you ever disrespect me like that ever again. Do you understand, young man? You think you're so awesome, you'll learn someday you're not. <laughs> do you know what I wasn't very thankful for it that day? I am very thankful for it today, because I needed to get my mind straight about who the authority was in my life, and who it was that I am, and who it was that my mom was, and that she is deserving of my honor, and respect, and devotion, and now that I'm a man, my protection, and my words of honor, respect, and devotion. Teach your children to honor their mother. And I want to challenge us all. Let's be people who honor our mother. What does that word honor mean there in the original language? The word honor there means to value highly and respect by showing them how much you love them. To value highly and respect by showing them how much you love them. Do you realize how valuable your parents are in your life? Honor your father and your mother is the call in our lives. How should you honor your father and mother? Honor your father and mother with your words. Honor them with your words. Tell them that you love them. Speak favorably about them to others others. Seek to speak the good. Yes, they are imperfect people, but seek to speak the good about them in your lives. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 31. Ephesians four, verse 31 says this, let all bitterness, anger and wrath and shouting and slander be removed from you along with malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God forgave you in Christ. I think that would be a good pattern of what it means to honor your father and mother. Putting away, talking back, putting aside those things and seeking to honor them with your words, both in their presence and outside of her and his presence. Proverbs 20 verse 20 says it like this. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. (laughs) That's pretty serious, isn't it? The Bible is pretty straightforward. Honor your father and mother with your words. You do this. Why? Because it shows your words reveal what's in your heart. And if your heart content is one of honor, it will show itself in your words. You honor your parents by your lives as well. We want to honor our parents by your life. How do you honor your parent by your life? You live for Jesus. Jesus. You live for Christ. You live for Him. That's how you honor your parents with your life. I know there are many parents that are praying for this in their children right now that would that understand that that their children are not following the Lord as they should, and their heart's desire is to see their children honor them and honor Christ above all by getting their life in line with the Lord Jesus and His will. Now, I know there are some who have parents who are not believers and who sometimes ask you to do things that are against the Lord's will or have beliefs that are against the Lord's will. How do you respond in those situations? You respond with honoring them and respecting them. But when there is a distinction between the will of the Lord and the will of your parents, you go with the higher authority in your life. You follow the will of the Lord. But in most and in all of other cases of authority as well. But in most cases, our hearts, even in that moment when we have to follow the will of the Lord over the will of an earthly authority, our heart's desire is to be able to submit. Our heart's desire is that we want to be able to submit and lead a quiet and godly life underneath this God-given authority in our lives. Honor your parents by your lives. Honor your parents by your service as well. Honor your parents with your words. Honor your parents with your life. Honor your parents with your service. When you're young, your parents take care of you. And as many people my age are learning, there will come an age when your parents will need your care as well. And I want to challenge you. Be there for them. Be ready to help them. When they come to that moment in your life, whether you live in the same city or whether you live 2,000 miles away from them or even across the world from there, figure out how through your words and through your actions and however you can do that, given your situation in your life, how can you honor your parents by being supportive of them and being a help to them even in their old age? Remember, you're also setting an example for your children because one day you'll be there as well, and one day you'll be in that moment as well. Honor your parents with your words. Honor your parents with your life. Honor your parents with your service as children, when you and teenagers, when you honor your parent by your servant service. It means you are active in the home, not expecting them to do everything for you. They're not your servants; they're your parents. And one of the ways you honor them is you engage in help in practical ways around the home. Out of reverence for Jesus, as if you were doing this for the Lord and not for man, knowing that the Lord Jesus is watching you and will give you a reward. See the motivation there? It's honoring your parents and honoring the Lord. We know we should honor our parents. Why? Why? Once again, we ask the question, why? And he answers it with two promises. Once again, or are two reasons why. These reasons are in the forms of promises there. In verse 2, he says, "...honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may live long, a long life in the land." Why should you honor your parents? Well, honoring your parents will give you a better quality of life. Honoring honoring your parents will give you a better quality of life. God promises that if you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you. Another way to say that is you will be blessed. We see that He's reaching back into the Old Testament and coming up. He's bringing this verse out, this concept of that it will go well with you in the land. We know that when the Israelites obeyed the Lord in the land, it went well with them. When they disobeyed the Lord in the land, it didn't go so well with them in their lives. The same principle is being brought to bear in the New Testament. If you obey your parents in the Lord, seeking to honor them, the Bible's promise is it will go well with you. You'll have the Lord's smile, the Lord's blessing on your life in ways you wouldn't have otherwise. Well, should you honor your father and mother, honor your parents, let her be honoring your parents will give you a longer life. He says so that it will go well with you and that you may live a long life in the land. Now, is this a promise that if I obey mom and dad that I'll live to be 100? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's a principle. I remember my mom said, you better obey. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. (laughs) I believed her. (laughs) I still believe her. (laughs) But you know what? It's not just that. It's beyond that. It's this heart of obedience of the authority in your life that you can see that is reflective of how you are currently responding in your life to the God you can't see. Your attitude towards your family, your attitude towards your parents, your attitude to, towards honoring others toward whom honor is due is reflective of your heart to the Lord. And one barometer in your life of your heart to Jesus is your heart of expressing honor to whom those, for those to whom honor is due. Honor your parents because they love you. Honor your parents because they have your best interest in mind. Disobedience leads, leads to an undisciplined life and heads down the road of destruction. Obedience to the Lord and to your parents and honoring them is the path that leads to abundant life as a believer, working these things out in your life and in your home. I want to close today by encouraging you. The only way to do this successfully in your life is to have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's a reason why these instructions don't come until Ephesians chapter 6. It's because God says in Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, He is preaching the gospel to us. He says in chapter 2 verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our trespasses. We are saved by His grace through faith. And I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. If you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, what I'm calling you today and what Ephesians chapter 6 calls you to today is impossible without the Holy Spirit working in your life. I want to encourage you to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you, and you will be saved. And for those of us who are believers, I want to challenge you. How can you either obey for our students and our children, or how can you honor your mother today. Maybe you need to honor her by calling her on the phone. Maybe you need to honor her by just thanking God for her because she is, now, she is no longer with us. But how can you honor, maybe you can honor moms in our midst, even right after the service. How can you honor father and mother? Let's stand. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is instructive to our hearts and to our lives. Lord, we thank you that your word is so practical that it shows us the outworkings of the gospel in our lives, of how because of what Jesus has done in us and through us, through his cross and resurrection by faith in Jesus, because of what you have done within us, sealing us with your Holy Spirit, there are outworkings in our lives in very practical ways. And one of those ways is how we do family together and how we do things in our homes So, Lord, I pray more and more that our homes reflect, Lord, your will and your ways in our lives. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.